There were also really strong things all around, so when you hit the, the wrong path, the wrong energy line, it was really, really hard to do something actually about it. This is Soaring the Sky, a glider pilot's podcast, coming to you from the Mid-Atlantic region here in the United States and bringing you great soaring content from glider pilots all over the globe. We now join Chuck and Barbara, the gliding junkie, and our new guest pilot. Hello and welcome back to Soaring the Sky. Barbara? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hello, Chuck. <laughs> wow. I don't know where to start. You know, I, my co-host is now a world champion, so congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It it really hasn't down on me yet. And sometimes when when somebody mentions mentions that, it, it feels surreal to me. And I have to uh, have a look uh, to the medal, the gold medal for once in a while, because I just can't still can't believe that uh, the dream came true. Well, the, you know, the last time we talked we, before we signed off, we were talking about the women's world coming up for you and we're going to keep an eye on you. So um, our guest today is you. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know how to introduce <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Barbara, the gliding junkie. That's me. <laughs> and world champion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you have to say that because it, as I said, it hasn't dawned on me, and I still feel the same like before the championships. So no, nothing has really changed for me. So I want you to take us on that journey to Spain in the women's worlds. Of course, the location, the airfield, the accommodations. But I'm going to stop talking because I, I want to hear all about this. <laughs> well, I hope I can tell you a lot of that, a, a lot about that, because um, Spain was really amazing. It was a great place, great people. Uh, we arrived quite quite early. Uh, we spent more than three weeks in Spain, including the championships it, itself. Uh, so one week of training, and uh, during the one week, uh, we basically could like experience Spain itself. Because we we didn't really have to focus on flying every day, so um, yeah, I had to work a few days, of, of course. But yeah, luckily uh, my my em employer um, he understood that I need to focus uh, on the championships. During the training period, um, we did some sightseeings, uh, just just local ones uh, around the surroundings. And as I had to work, as I as I mentioned that, um, I let my crew explore the the surroundings, the landscape uh, around Garay. That was that was something stunning. There were many uh, rocks, many hills, many mountains. It was really great. And actually, the whole uh, competition area was uh, was pretty pretty great. Actually, uh, more to the south uh, southwest of Garay. There is like probably the most most famous um, airfield in Spain, Puente Milanos. Puente Milanos is situated near the mountains, the mountainous range, uh, which get, goes along the TMA of uh, Madrid. So, and that that actually were some convergence lines. We experienced that like maybe two or three times during the championships. Though, uh -huh. So that was pretty impressive. The weather was in. <laughs> and a bit tricky during the first period. Well, 
even during the second period of the championships. But I think that we could really enjoy some uh, extraordinary heights because uh, the maximum height uh, in Spain is like flight level 1195. Wow. Hmm. That is something that is not really usual for Europe. Yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, as we as we have like maximum max, maximum sailing uh, flight level nine five in Czech Republic, so yeah. Um, okay. that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty nice actually. Not to care about the maximum heights, as the usual usual cloud base was uh, something above three thousand meters QNH. So that was actually nice. But the elevation of Garay Airfield is. Uh, 1036 meters uh, as if i remember correct so it is pretty high so the the weather started quite late later than we are used to in uh, czech republic because that, that there were some uh, actually some some uh, competitions in czech republic where they usually um started uh their their launches at 11 or half past 11 and we started the, with the launches in Spain, uh, like two, two or three hours later. So that was pretty. That was. Oh wow! Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. And actually, actually, one day, uh, the club class, um, like the last gliders from the club class, arrived uh, to Garay, back to Garay after successfully finishing the task at uh, like uh, after after nine p.m. So. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was noticing that as I was kind of following along there on some of the tasks and looking at the time difference. I'm like, well, it's like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Wow. Yeah, that was yeah. that was surprising <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was actually funny because we arrived earlier than the club class and we were finishing the preparations for the, the next day, like filling the glider with water ballast and um, tying down uh, the glider and everything, and suddenly there was a glider landing. <laughs> I was like, "What the <laughs> hell?" And <laughs> actually, actually, it was a club class club class glider that uh, that wow. successfully finished the task. So that was pretty intense and yeah, crazy. So putting us there with you in the LSA, your first task, Women's Worlds there in Spain. Yeah. How, how did you launch? How many gliders? We had uh, 16 gliders in standard class, so 16 competitors, obviously, uh, but in total there were 48, uh, 48 women from all over uh, the world. There were actually Brazilian uh, women pilots uh, who competed as well, so that was pretty, pretty interesting because it was the first time ever that Brazilians um, participated during the women's world, oh, very cool. so it was really nice. Yeah, that, there were many teams. Luckily, we were one of the bigger ones. Uh, there were nine girls from Czech Republic total. We had three uh, gliders per each class, so um, the cooperation could really work in a nice way. So that was really great. And I, I also wanted to congratulate your team. I meant to do that earlier, but uh, yes, congratulations <laughs> to it. Check team. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You did already. You sent me a message regarding that, and uh, I'm really, I was really touched with with all the messages that everybody sent sent us, uh, congratulating the the Czech team, the Czech women's team uh, for for this success. Because 
yeah, it is it is something that we're really proud of. And even even though it hasn't down on me, it's it was really great to hear the national anthem three times during uh, during the closing ceremony. So yeah, that was oh, that was great. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really dream came true. So yeah, now it probably now it's it's going down on me right now that. Um, the success happened <laughs> uh, since we were talking about it. Um, yeah, maybe we will see. <laughs> so you're <laughs> you're flying um, the task. So the soaring conditions there. What was it like? Uh, it was something else that that uh, we are used to um, in Europe, like in general, or in Czech Republic, better say, because. Um, Sometimes there were really strong thermals and high ceilings, but uh, there were also really strong sinks all around. So when you hit the the wrong path, the wrong energy line, it was really, really hard to do something actually about it. That um, you you were sinking all the way down from from the height that you so hardly got from the last thermal. So that wow. was pretty interesting, but when once you actually hit the energy line, the, the the right one, the right one you're searching for all the time, it was actually great because one day it was pretty challenging. It was something something about blue, and there were only wisps of some like thermals, and um, there was actually non-visible convergence line. Uh, along no the mountainous area I mentioned to towards Fuente Milanos. And yeah, that was actually amazing because um, as, as I mentioned, there is a TMA, so it was really hard to not to actually violate the airspace over there because oh, wow. it was it was rising all the time when you hit the right path. So that was actually amazing. Wow. And uh, what was what was stunning was that uh, there is a huge bird life in Spain. So oh, yeah. wow. we usually thermaled we usually thermaled the best thermals of the day with uh, many many eagles and other birds I can't name in English, but wow, yeah, that was actually stunning. With one of my teammates from standard class, we actually uh, thermaled with more than twenty birds in one thermal once so, ah, so that was cool. that was really yeah that was a really big experience and and it was great i smiled all the time oh that's so awesome so yeah that that that's speaking about the conditions but the least um nice part was that there weren't actually many airfields uh, not airfields uh, fields to land so there were some places where you didn't really want wanted to get low so there were actually some outlandings uh, during the championships, but um, yeah, as I spoke with the girls, they they said that it wasn't really a nice field to land. It wasn't that that perfect. Uh, oh. There were many stones in the fields, and it oh. was really hard to find or or hard, hard uh, like hard to see from the above if the field is okay or not. So, oh wow, um, yeah, that was pretty challenging, honestly. But luckily, no, 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 dam- no damage, no, no significant damage to the gliders. So that's good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Okay. And you personally yeah. did not have any landouts, correct? Yeah, luckily I didn't. Uh, actually, it it looked like it uh, once or twice during the training period and during the championships. 
but luckily we managed and uh, they didn't didn't uh, land. So that was nice. <laughs> wow. So your LS8, um, anything extra on board this time for this competition or was it was it how your usual setup? Well, uh, it wasn't that usual setup uh, as uh, as there were high sa- sailings uh, during the competition. We used oxygen, so um, I kind of remember the, the, the times uh, of wave camp only with like um, bigger heat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there was there were some insane tra- temperatures uh, during the championships. There were like three days when it it was close to forty degrees. Of Celsius, so oh, wow. um, it was pretty hot. But um, yeah, so so um, it was a usual setup for me. But only only the extra thing was uh, the oxygen bottle. So that was the only extra thing. Uh, otherwise, I carried everything everything usual on board. Okay, and what about food food and uh, drink while you're flying? Well, uh, that was that was something I remembered from Australia because uh, the guys uh, in Australia told us it's really good not to just drink water, but to drink uh, also some ionic drinks to to uh, keep your body hydrated. And actually, during the championships, I I started a cooperation with one Czech company, Mindflow or Flow Nutrition, and. Um, uh, because I used them for for quite a while because they have uh, like the cleanest ionic drinks uh, on the, uh, on the market. So I I used those uh, to stay hydrated. I usually carried uh, a bottle of the ionic drink, uh, also like three liters of uh, of uh, usual water in my camel bag. So most of the most of the flights I finished both of it. <laughs> so oh, it was wow. really hot. Mm. And uh, speaking about snacks, uh, with my friend, we have a theory about Tutti Frutti. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are just like gummies and there are snail gummies, butterfly gummies and froggy uh, uh, gummies. So (laughs) you you have to throw the snails away and then you just need to eat the butterflies and froggies because those can actually help you stay airborne. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, now, and now, now the secret is gone. Okay. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's in your hands now. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was something, something sweet to carry on board. And uh, also, I quite enjoy uh, fried corn. That's something I like to, to eat before flight or even during flight because it's like rich. And you can actually crunch something, so it makes you calmer as well. And uh, I love, and it's quite funny, but I love baby food on board. Okay. In those like pockets. Yeah. It's really convenient. (laughs) It's really convenient. It's full of fruits, and I usually try to choose those uh, this baby food, which is like without any any additives, without anything that is not necessary to be in it. So usually. like 99% of veggies or fruit. And uh, of course, I, I carry sometimes apples or pears on board, maybe a cucumber sometimes, but not really during the championships. But yeah, the apples were really on board most of the time. Wings and Wheels has been serving the soaring and sport aviation community for over 30 years. They hands down have the largest and most comprehensive inventory of sailplane and soaring supplies in North America, and they ship globally. 
Nearly everything you'll find on their site is in stock and ready for same-day shipping. Wings and Wheels is the exclusive American representative for HPH sailplanes. Be sure to check out the Twin Shark, their latest launch. They're also now the exclusive distributor in North America for the new Just Soaring Glider Sim Pro. The team has thousands of hours of flying experience in gliders and airplanes. Staffed by Adam, Kelly, Laura, and Sean. A friendly voice will answer when you call or email them. Check them out at wingsandwheels.com. Barbara, I want to hear about your best task that maybe you had the most fun during and the most you know, successful. And then I'd like to hear about your most challenging task. Oh, that would be hard because I quite enjoyed every flight. But I think that the one that I enjoyed the most was uh, the tricky one uh, where we managed to be the first, the second and the third uh, for the Czech team in standard oh, wow. class. So because the cooperation was so great on that day, even though it was tricky, we kind of remained calm. Uh, I don't know how we managed, but probably because it doesn't help when you panic that you're low or that it's complicated. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, th- th- this was probably the task that I enjoyed the most. But second would be probably a convergence line we enjoyed towards Fuente Milanos because there, there were some storms and along the storms there was the convergence line so we managed to oh, wow. uh, on that day we we didn't actually do any significant result but I think Lizzie van Sommeren from uh, the Netherlands she won the day with 138 kph uh, with an LS8, so it was pretty mm, yeah mm. that was pre- that can actually tell how how good the convergence line was yeah so that was probably second second flight i enjoyed the most and um actually which i will remember and i will probably also remember the last one because i was pretty nervous before we flew Uh, i had to calm myself down uh, with getting out the the sticks from the tie tie down gear (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah so i was really nervous and Actually, before the start line, I managed to get um, above the clouds because th- there were like suitable conditions for that. And I managed to get uh, get to 3,800 meters QNH. It didn't really give me any significant um, advantage for the task. But, well, actually, it, give, it gave me no advantage because it was like 10 kilometers away from like downwind from, uh, from the start line. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It actually remind me that, reminded me that you just need to enjoy every single day you fly because when you do something you love and it doesn't really necessarily be just gliding like any sport or any activity, it always counts when you enjoy it and have a good time. So at that, at that moment, I stopped being nervous and I just thought, okay, it's the last day here in Spain. Let's enjoy it. Yeah. And we actually did, so um, that was also great. And the speed wasn't really that bad on that day. It was something really joyful on that day. So, yeah, that that's the third flight flight I will certainly remember. And the, actually, the final final glide thermal was uh, five meter thermal. So, yeah, it was oh, well. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so something to remember. So, yes. 
and probably the most challenging task. I don't remember which day it was, but uh, we launched uh, quite quite um, on time. But the um, uh, and and actually the first thermal after release was uh, like three three meter thermal. So I said, okay, today will be great day. But suddenly the conditions changed and we barely stayed airborne and we couldn't get the enough height to get on the task. And um, actually we had to start uh, the task pretty late. It was something around 5 p.m. I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and um, yeah, and we, we had to leave uh, one of the teammates behind because uh, she was like seven 700 meters below us. Oh. So we had to start. And uh, yeah, it was pretty challenging to even stay airborne. But then suddenly as we approached the mountains, the mountainous range towards uh, Fuente Milanos, there was like invis invisible convergence line and uh, we could actually get back to the girls uh, or reach the girls that started way in front of us. So actually the, the, like the middle flight uh, or the middle part of the flight was pretty amazing. It was great. Then we struggled a lot to get back to some reasonable heights to get uh, to the flatlands. As we were pretty lucky with one of the French girls, Marilyn, who who came came out third uh, during the championships, it was we, we were pretty lucky as there was like fresh wisp of thermal, and uh, we managed to get uh, to three thousand and three hundred meters QNH, which actually could could work for the final glide. So we we flew past uh, the the other girls that didn't get the wisp. Yeah, that was pretty challenging task for, for me. Not even because of the weather, but mentally as well, because as the conditions were pretty tricky, we didn't really fly together with uh, my teammate because we, we were always at different heights. We were just on the radio, so that was pretty pretty nice that we could actually support each other. But yeah, it was it was a really hard task for me. What was the closest you got to land out as far as that difficult task? I mean, what was your altitude? It wasn't really about uh, getting getting close to outlanding, but it was really hard to find something that was actually worth thermaling on that day. Okay, right. I got you. So the convergence line was great, but it was only on the way down to uh, towards Fuente Milanos. Then we, we went back and um, we couldn't find the right line. And uh, then we had to go to the flatlands because our last turn point was uh, more to the west of uh, Garay. So it didn't really work to go back to the mountains, which were like 40, 40 degrees of, of uh, difference from the track. So uh, yeah, it wasn't really challenging speaking about possible, uh, possible outlanding, but yeah, it was, it was like all together. Uh, speaking about uh, seeing others be being like five or six six uh, hundred meters above me, and I was just strugg struggling on the bare bottom <laughs> of the right. thermal <laughs> wow. uh, to get something strong. So, yeah, that was that. It, it was challenging because of this, I would say. I know you had to stay really focused, and you made a decision at some point in the competition. You actually just got rid of your phone. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like completely getting rid of my phone, but um, 
I just I just um, told myself that uh, when somebody when somebody messages me wishing me good luck, it's really nice, and I just should reply. But I I tried to not really sing that in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I just I just was in that in that mental state that uh, anything can happen. And uh, even though I was uh, leading leading pilot uh, for for a while during the competition, it I just tried not to think about it. So when somebody messaged me, I replied, but I didn't really look for any contact. I was just in touch right. with my family and with the closest ones. Yeah. So that that was like maybe four or five people. Uh, but uh, that was like the maximum, and I, I actually spoke with them about everything: what what was happening, what wasn't happening, how do I feel, how do how do I don't feel, and yeah. Right. But I just like separated separated all the all the the other messages, and and just just um, replied in a polite way: "Thank you very much. We need uh, a good luck from you." But uh, I just tried not to really care what the message say. Yeah. We all can learn a lot from that sometimes, you know, in life we get sucked into our phones and we just need to put them down once in a while and focus on the moment and be in the moment. Yeah, I think that's that's something um I'm trying to do because we usually like lose a lot when we are not like present uh in the present moment. So yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. I, I was actually trying for that. I was trying not to think what happened or what might happen. So I just try to focus on being here right now and not to care about the rest. But right. yeah, of yeah. course there's life going on behind, of course. But <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so so that's that's actually why I was uh, still in touch with uh with the closest ones and with my family. Yeah, but absolutely. at some at some point you have to separate um, all the feelings that go that goes like your way uh, from the others. So yeah, that's that's actually something something that helped me a lot just to just to separate it. Is this important? Not right now. Okay, just focus it uh, fo- focus on it like later on, not now because now you have to focus on your flight. And uh, yeah, at some point I had this like bad feeling that um, I'm not caring much about like my real life <laughs> or how to say <laughs> that um, that uh, actually it made me think, think, think about it a lot. Uh, what is actually happening in, in the mind of a pilot during championships. So it is good to remain low key uh, just to just in order to to focus on what's mo- the most important thing to do at that moment but not to forget about um the people around you of course of course so i think it's really it's really important for anybody to kind of find their own way well i i think you found that balance and obviously you stay focused at what point barbara did you feel like hey i i might actually win this thing uh, well, actually, it was after the last flight of the championships. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think about it, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I tried to focus on what, what's, what's in the present moment, not what, 
what can happen or what if or what not and yeah so so actually i i realized that on the last day after flight it's it was actually the first moment that oh my god it might actually happen so <laughs> um yeah. yeah so that was actually the point where when i i realized that it's it, my dream may come true well, it was pretty awesome. I saw you there on the podium and, and lifting that trophy high and well-deserved and a lot of hard work and uh, so happy for you. <laughs> yeah, well, as we as we privately spoke about some some uh, things in the in the background uh, last year, I think it's it's something I couldn't really even imagine that could happen um, that early. So, yeah, but here you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have to ask you, what did it feel like stepping on that podium? Uh, it felt it felt weird because uh, it wasn't balanced. So I was really afraid that I would fall off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it it it, it really felt great uh, to to step uh, on the first first uh, step of the podium among. Uh, the greatest pilots, the women pilots from the the whole world, and Oat and Marilyn, they flew great uh, during the championships. So it was really hard for me to stay focused, and actually, it took me a lot of energy to, not to not to think about everything that can happen or, or could happen. Sorry, it it felt really great. Actually, it was it was pretty amazing uh, to feel. Um, the support from from Oat and the rest of the the rest of the French team as well. So yes, it felt really great, and I felt like I'm among friends on the podium. So that was great. Yeah, the, you had mentioned that before in competitions. How there's you all are so very supporting of each other, and that's that's so great that that's the way it is. Yeah, I think it should actually work this way. It's part of the fair play as well. And um, sometimes you need help. Sometimes others need help. And why not to help each other exactly. on ground yeah. when we when you need it? It's really great when uh, people who compete against each other can actually support each other. So that's something that when, when it works, it's pleasure to fly. It's pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking about that, I would like to congratulate them because they flew really greatly. Yeah, congratulations to all the pilots. Absolutely. So if, if you had any advice to give any of those, especially young women out there that are just started into soaring or maybe thinking about soaring, what would you tell them? Well, I would probably tell them that if they have uh, a dream to fulfill, they want to fulfill, they should just go for it. And... They shouldn't be afraid about the dream itself because no dream is that big to be afraid of it. So dream big. Excellent. Totally agree. Barbara, thank you so much for sharing your amazing story there at the Women's World. And we are all so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much uh, that I could actually speak about it because now it's getting down on me that something probably happened in Spain and <laughs> it's really nice to, to talk about uh, gliding experience with you especially because you're a great listener thank you Barbara 
If you would like to say hi and let us know where you are enjoying the podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you are a glider pilot and want to share your aviation journey, contact us at chuck at soaringthesky.com or send us a message on our website at soaringthesky.com and Chuck will get in touch with you. We hope you join us next time for another soaring adventure here on Soaring the Sky, a glider pilot's podcast. Soaring the Sky is written and produced by Chuck Fulton. Original music for the podcast was written and produced by Kim Spangler. Graphic design for the podcast was created by Zachary Fulton. Voiceover work was done by Michelle Perez.